Hello, and welcome to the Block Explorer. I'm Colin Brightfield. Block Explorer is here to educate and inspire you about the world of crypto, regenerative finance, and NFTs. We'll do deep dives into critical concepts for understanding what's happening and discuss the current events shaping the space. We're making this podcast for the curious, the free thinkers, and the change makers that propel us forward. As we embark on our adventures, remember that none of this is financial advice and crypto can be risky. In this episode, we speak with Alicia and Steven from GivePact.io. GivePact.io is a platform for giving to nonprofits, and you can give with Ethereum, Bitcoin, any ERC20 tokens. You can give crypto to nonprofits, and the nonprofits don't even need to be set up with a wallet or anything. They can receive US dollars on the other side. So GivePact is a great money Lego organization plugging in and making charitable giving more accessible and easier. And when you think about the amount of donations that crypto people are able to give, uh, the average crypto donation is about 80 times larger than the average traditional donation to a nonprofit. And also crypto givers tend to be younger. They tend to be um, more plugged in, a little bit wealthier. So they're willing to really give to a lot of these organizations. So it's a pleasure to have Alicia and Steven on from givepack.io. This is a great episode. I really loved our conversation. We got into the nuts and bolts of what GivePact is, how it works, why it's better and more advantageous than some of the traditional ways of giving. And then we also discuss the future of what does it mean to be a donor and turning a donor instead of just a one-time here, here's some money and then done. Now I'm on an email list and actually making donors into contributors into volunteers through DAOs and Web3 community building ecosystems where you have a vested interest and more of a say in how your funds get used. And maybe you even communicate and contribute more to the community beyond the monetary value. Maybe there's some skills that you can share in a decentralized way through a, through a DAO. All right. So for further ado, let's dive into the future of giving using crypto rails with GivePack.io and Alicia and Steven. Hi, Alicia. Hi, Steven. Thank you so much for coming on the Block Explorer podcast today. We're thrilled to have you. We're pumped to be here with you. Thanks, Vaughn. So on the Block Explorer podcast today, we're going to talk about your project, GivePact. And the website is GivePact.io. And I want to cover a few main topics in our conversation with you today. First topic is I want to talk about what is GivePact and exactly how it works. Um, I want to talk about why you created GivePact. And then I also want to talk about how you see your project GivePact and how it fits into the broader impact crypto uh, blockchain for a better world movement. And then finally, I want to discuss kind of a broad picture of how you see the future of this intersection of charitable giving and crypto and decentralized finance and how you see these intersections evolving. Does that sound good? Sounds great. All right. I, awesome. Go ahead. I can kick off and share that GivePact is a crypto fundraising platform for nonprofits. We are creating the payment rails so that a donor can give to any nonprofit in the U.S., give crypto, um, specifically Ethereum, Bitcoin, or the liquid ERC-20 tokens. They can also give credit card, pick a nonprofit, and we will convert that to cash so they can benefit from 
the very generous donors of, of the crypto economy. We came about this um, because we saw, we, Steve and I are friends from undergrad um, over 15 years ago, and we saw, we became crypto investors and had, you know, many clients in the nonprofit space and wanted them to be part of what we saw was a very generous audience. And we identify that the majority of nonprofits have no way to even receive crypto donations. Let's hit them in the door with the, with the um, payments. Let's do it better than the competitors. So it's free for the nonprofit. We know education is a big part of getting nonprofit comfortable. So we do crypto 101s all the time. Um, and then let's do let's be extra web three about it and put 20% of our of the revenue in a social impact DAO where you as a donor or you as a nonprofit get to decide how that money, where it should go. And we think it'll be super important in times of crisis, the war in Ukraine, the um, earthquakes in in Turkey and Syria. Really, the people at the front lines will know how can we put this money best to use. Awesome. I really appreciate that that high level summary right there. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about your background first, and we'll start to get a little deeper into the nuts and bolts of GivePact. So how did you, what's your background and how did you get interested in this intersection of crypto and giving and impact? Sure. So I have, um, I got my digital chops from President Obama's 2012 re-election campaign. They say it's the biggest startup, most successful startup in the world. They were raising $200 million. The whole operation is mostly digital. So I learned um, quickly how to communicate in non-academic speech, um, how to get people fired up, how to engage and turn out. And then that a bit for msnbc.com to help them build their first website in social media. And then at that point, I said, I know how to build a program. Um, I want to lead it. and I want it to be in something that I'm really uh, passionate about and want to contribute. And to me, that's mass incarceration in the U.S. I started at the Innocence Project in 2015 and had the opportunity to take an incredible organization and all the stories of people wrongly convicted and give them that Obama-style digital approach. Hired Steve to be, um, to be on my team doing paid uh, audience marketing marketing and audience development. Um, we've been working together for almost eight years in this capacity, and we've shown that when we use digital strategy, a strong community and storytelling, we can grow to millions of people, millions of donors, millions of dollars. And we've also led campaigns, innocent people facing execution, who today are alive and one day will be free. Um, and I'll pass it to Steve to, to take it from here. Awesome. Yes, seven years ago, I started my own digital marketing agency um, and the Innocence Project, where Alicia was working at the time and still is, ended up being my first client. Um, so I didn't start an agency thinking I was going to get into nonprofit work, but it just sort of happened um, organically. And with that awesome case study, you know, we're still working together seven years later. Um, we've worked with dozens of nonprofits over the last seven years. More than half of our portfolio of, of, of clients has been nonprofits. And so we've been, you know, really steeped in terms of like how to use digital channels to drive positive outcomes for nonprofits, whether that's fundraising or audience development. So we do a lot of paid search, paid social, we're a HubSpot partner, email marketing automation, you know, all that good stuff. Parallel mm -hmm. to that in 2020, you know, went down the crypto rabbit hole, 
Um, this is like sort of COVID times, everyone home, markets doing weird stuff. I was attracted to it from a macroeconomic perspective. But then when I discovered DeFi, you know, really realized that, you know, these were platforms that were democratizing access to sophisticated financial products like market making and, and leverage and things like that. Um, and that got me really excited. I think, you know, I think those sort of tools and products like shouldn't be restricted for the upper echelons of echelons of financial services. They should be, um, everyone should be able to have access to them. So the sort of permissionless um, nature of, of DeFi really attracted me. And then since I come from a media and culture background, from my full-time jobs, you know, NFTs really solidified um, the sort of the digital asset thesis for me and made me realize that crypto was a lot more than just uh, financial services, that crypto can now be a business model evolution that's going to touch culture, media, gaming, art, membership businesses, et cetera. Um, and that's when I realized it was going to be the next chapter of my career. So along the way, started seeing, especially in the Ethereum NFT world, a lot of projects donating a lot of money to nonprofit, you know, committing 20% of mint revenue or whatever it was to nonprofits and realize that my interest in crypto and what I was doing day to day, helping nonprofits raise money online was now starting to converge. Um, so we did some research. We saw that crypto giving grew 16x year over year from 2020 to 2021. The average crypto donation was $10,000 instead of 128 in cash. And that only a few thousand nonprofits of the 1.5 million in the country have ever accepted a crypto donation. Um, meanwhile, Giving Block, one of the incumbent players in the space, was acquired in March of, of 2022 when we we're sort of starting up. So everything was pointing towards a blue ocean, you know, institutional interest in the space of crypto giving um, and just exponential growth in an emerging asset class that we have a lot of conviction in. Um, and so that was really the genesis of Give Pact. And, and, you know, we narrowed down the idea. We didn't really, we're really sure what was going to be in the beginning, but um, in June of 2022, we pitched at Consensus at their official pitch competition and won first place at out of 120 teams. And I think, you know, from there it was off to the races and we had um, the sort of support of the crypto community in terms of our vision of what we want to build. That's fantastic. I, I love that convergence that you just talked about. So you, you mentioned uh, a few things um, that I want to pull on. So when you talk about your digital asset thesis, and, and this is for both of you, is you know, some people are still not really clear about that on that part. So you know, when you go in and you talk to some of these people, maybe that are a little bit newer to the crypto ecosystem, um, what are some ways that you use to uh, strategies you use to explain crypto and, and this digital asset thesis? Yeah, so there's two for me. There's two core parts, two core parts of the thesis that are obviously really connected. But one is these decentralized networks are nothing new. Email, SMTP, whatever is, are all decentralized protocols that the internet was built on. But now we have protocols where you can exchange value, not just information, um, and we can do so in a way that eliminates the middleman. I think the tech narrative of the last ten to fifteen years has been, you know, concentrated wealth in five or six companies that basically have a stranglehold on how we transact value online, whether that's having to pay for Amazon Prime, whether that's having to um, pay 30% transaction fees to the App Store, whether that's being basically locked into the Facebook and Instagram ecosystems without any compensation for our time and attention. You know, they, they basically, you know, these middlemen are able to take a lot um, in terms of like the transactions that we do online. Um, and so, you know, network like Ethereum comes along and says, 
well, actually, we can exchange value with each other without any middlemen, without any transaction fees, because these blockchain networks are trustless enough and secure enough for us to do that. Um, and so for me, that's a really compelling argument for in, in terms of like why someone should care about crypto. Um, it's funny that you have like everyone from like libertarians to communists are, are pulled into this space because, for different reasons. But we I think we all agree that like this is a better model um, in general, more democratic, sort of like a digital co-op where we can all sort of participate more in the value that we create online. Um, the second core part is the digital asset um, thesis. And for me, like I'm like a middle of the road millennial. And for me, I believe that digital things can be owned, um, whether that's in gaming or you know, 10 years ago, the iTunes library on my laptop, those MP3 files felt like things I own. Um, and now when it comes to this question of like, where should you custody digital assets? I think you look at, should it be Facebook? Should it be Amazon? Should it be Apple? No one really should have to trust them to like start a digital asset program and because they could shut it down at any point, right? So if you're going to custody digital assets, it makes the most sense to custody them on a decentralized network that's distributed like Ethereum that has 500,000 validators across the world that are incentivized to keep the system going um, because of staking rewards, right? So like, um, and clearly there's, it's shown that there's more demand for, for space versus like what the rewards are. So it's a net profitable network, right? So it's profitable, it's decentralized and everyone knows it's gonna exist in a hundred years basically. So um, from a digital asset perspective, I believe digital assets can be owned and it, it checks out that the, they should live on decentralized networks. So for those two reasons, um, you know, those are the two ways that I explain people that are like, you know, crypto is a bunch of garbage, like how it's just like gambling on these stupid tokens, blah, blah, blah. And I think it's sort of like taking it back and be like, no, it's not about the token price. It's about decentralized networks that eliminate the middlemen and allow us to custody digital assets without worrying about them disappearing. Awesome. Yeah, I like that you brought it back to these, you know, essentially first principles about decentralization and sovereignty and being able and self custody. Um, you want to add anything to that, Alicia? I think the opportunity from a community perspective, you know, the way I pitched to nonprofits is that um, Web3 really is an evolution of seeing a web two economy where very few people benefited from the production of social media and from their work. And web three is about putting in work and getting something in return, having clear leadership, not closed door boardrooms um, and clear goals and incentivizing community and rewarding the community. So I think social impact is about mission, spreading um, values among the team, working together toward a common goal. So in that regard, I think it aligns really well with um, the ethos of giving back. Yeah, awesome. I, I like that you pointed out that alignment there, that this decentralized structure, like just the architecture of how these networks are being built already kind of support this ecosystem in, 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 a, in an alignment way that's, that's, that's better than, like, like you said, like this kind of old model where it's closed doors, non, you know, it's, it's, it's obfuscated, it's not transparent. So let's talk a little bit more about GivePack and get a little bit more into like exactly how you're building this project and, and people can actually, you know, get involved. So what, you know, inspired you to create GivePack and how is it different than, you know, the traditional means of, of giving? 
Yeah, I think we we built this based on dozens of conversations with nonprofits and donors. And what we learned from our friends and clients is that crypto is scary. We do get gifts. And if we do get gifts, we're only going to deal with them if they're above $10,000. We don't want to deal with it. Um, and so with that, we, and in terms of our competitors, giving block is great. Most nonprofits can't afford that. And if they can't afford it, how do we drive donations to the platform? So the technology is great, but we still need help cultivating donors. So we've created, based on those tension points, we, we're eliminating um, that. And then on, on, the non, on the donor side, I want to give to my local um, nonprofit, but they don't have a way to receive. And I don't have cash, but I can give you crypto. So it's, it's on both sides. And then who do we trust? How do we give? How to find platforms um, that we trust? So one is there's no charge for the nonprofit to participate. We charge the donor 5% which is pretty competitive, um, even with credit card fees. And with that, um, we convert the crypto to cash so the nonprofit doesn't have to worry about um, the, techno the, the technical holding. They just benefit from that, from, from the donation. And then we're creating rails using Candid and the IRS database so that really you can give to any nonprofit and there's no tension for the nonprofit to get that money. They might get a check in the mail for give tax, not know who we are, and then start paying attention. We know education is important, so we're, as much as we can, doing free 101s and explaining what it is so that they understand it. And then the DAO is super important because we are a technology company, but we think it's super cool to be a technology company that's putting a portion, giving back a portion in true Web3 fashion. So those are some of the elements, Steve. Anything else? Um, you want to add? Yeah, I think as far as gift pack goes, you know, we have a roadmap for crypto fundraising features specifically. So like our website's going live in June with support for Bitcoin, Ethereum, and USDC. We want to support ERC-20s. We want to do liquid NFT donations. Um, we want to do matching funds campaigns. I mean, there's a long a sort of rabbit hole, deep rabbit hole of like what we can do specifically within crypto giving. I think the other thing that we're thinking a lot about is you know, outside of directly donating tokens, how can crypto, what is, how can crypto play a role in revolutionizing the nonprofit industry in general? Um, and that may not necessarily be just crypto giving. Um, we are going to support credit card donations and we are going to have the ability for users to create a wallet through our site. So even if you want to donate in cash, all else equal, we want the like NFT rewards or raffles or things like that to make you make the donors want to come and participate in the crypto reward economy. Um, even through their cash giving. They would rather come to us than maybe the nonprofit directly because they know they're going to get a proof of donation NFT. They'll be entered for allow list raffles. Um, they might get a art collectible. Like there's going to be like all these things that they would get in exchange for their donation, which ties into sort of our long-term vision, which is like how how is the nonprofit industry going to be shaken up by crypto? I think it's going to become a lot more bottom-up instead of top-down in terms of like, you know, donors having a voice and having a say in how their funds are used when they give them to the organization, kind of like how DAOs work now, right? So um, donors getting something in exchange on chain that represents that they made this donation that they can tie into their identity the way that we've seen NFTs work so well in doing. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, besides the straight up crypto 
donating fundraising infrastructure. That's something that we have like a deep roadmap on, but I think something at a higher level is how is sort of crypto going to play a role in shaking up the nonprofit industry and how can we play a role through our DAO, through community, through training, through education, through features on our platform um, to make the transition into Web3 easier for nonprofits. Fantastic. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of great things there that I want to dig a little deeper on. So like, as far as the DAO, like how does that work? Is that is that like an incubated DAO from that GivePack has separately? Or can you explain a little bit more about the relationship between the DAO and, and your project? Yeah, so basically, you know, we're committing to set aside a portion of the transaction fees generated from the platform to stay within our 501c3 um, charitable organization. Um, and then basically giving control of that treasury, which is going to be hosted on chain in the multi-sig that everyone can see to the community of donors and nonprofits that use our platform. Um, so when you give part of that trans again, part of the transaction fee goes to the treasury, and then you receive a token in exchange, a you know, we're conceptualizing a proof of donation and a soul-bound NFT that every donor gets, um, that then allows them to have governance rights over the use of that treasury. So they can say, hey, let's use it to buy this NFT from an underrepresented creator. Let's use it to for a mutual aid project. Um, let's use it to donate to a nonprofit if they want. Um, it really can be used however the community decides. Um, and again, you know, we look at DAOs as, you know, communities on steroids, as, you know, these um, online groups with shared bank accounts that, you know, basically see hyper growth. Um, and we think DAOs are really good for the formation and deployment of capital for a shared mission. So for us, you know, building a DAO alongside the technology platform just makes a lot of sense. Um, I think the Web2 version would be like, let's do like a Reddit group or like, let's do like a Facebook group or something like that. But like now we can give a lot more legitimacy to the, to the community by giving them a shared bank account, essentially to share and deploy as they see fit. Got it. So if I'm going to donate to an organization, when I give my donation, is a fee, like you said, 5% that, that, I, that comes out of my donation goes to the DAO treasury. And by donating, I also have an NFT that, um, or some kind of tokens or something that proves that I'm a donor, I'm part of the community. So now if people want to, I can propose um, initiatives that people can vote on for, for the DAO to, to um, fund, or um, I can also vote on other initiatives, right? Is that, is that correct? That's correct. That's really cool. I, I like that mechanism. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit, you know, as some people might be familiar with NounsDAO and NounsDAO, like they have a, an NFT that gets auctioned off every day. The, the funds go into the, the Noun treasury and they fund Noun projects. Um, but I, I really like this is kind of the reverse way where you give some and then you get you know, the ability to continue to give. And I think the trend that you mentioned too, which I want to talk a little bit more about is how do you see these kind of um, conditions, right? Like you said, like donors will have a little bit more control over how some of their funds get used. So um, have you seen some examples of this or are you seeing some of this kind of stuff start to emerge where maybe there's certain milestones that um, different causes uh, achieve and is there at least certain metrics then maybe more funds are released or, or can you give us some examples? Um, you know, Choice Dow comes to mind. Um, they, they launched in the wake of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Um, and if you donated to their organization, you got a token in return that ultimately when they were deciding on how to use the funds that were allocated, the community then decided. 
Um, and so I think, you know, nonprofits as, you know, mission driven and as, uh, as mission driven as they are, you know, they are ultimately top down centralized organizations where the donor gives the money, 99% of donations are unrestricted funds, right? So then, and ultimately it's up to the executive director of the organization to decide on how those funds are deployed. Um, and so part of the, the tougher conversation we're having with nonprofits as far as where this is going is saying, hey, you can probably raise more money this way, but you're going to have to give up a little bit more control. Um, you're going to have to make donors a bigger part of the process in terms of what they want to see. And I think to your point, the outcomes and how they're tracked on the other side. Um, I think that's something that's very complicated. I don't know if our team is going to be the ones to figure it out. I mean, we've had really interesting conversations with people at Filecoin and things like that that are really working on cool new primitives that are going to track impact and potentially tie either retroactive public goods funding or forward-looking funding or milestone unlocks or matching funds campaigns, whatever it is, and tie it to on-the-ground impact. Um, those are things that we're thinking about we want to incorporate, but I don't think we're the people to solve that problem because it's pretty complicated. Um, but the point is, like, donors, we we think that donors, it's kind of a, a little bit of a broken, cold model right now where, you know, you give your credit card, you add it to an email list, and, like, they every giving Tuesday, you get, like, five emails, right? And it's, like, kind of, like, the same thing across the board, right? It's, like, what can you do? Like, there's no way to use, like, being on a nonprofit's email list doesn't, mean anything about your identity right like i, I want to be able to give to like the innocence project and like get a cool piece of art that maybe an exoneree made or something like that that i can keep in my nft gallery that shows that i support that organization and i have something cool to show for it and maybe i also have the chance to vote on how my my donated funds were used in a specific way and that's a much richer experience as a donor um than i think what we're used to now um and i think the other thing that comes into play is you know, um, DAOs as a as a mechanism or Web three enabling ways that you're not just becoming a donor, but you're becoming a real community member and potentially a volunteer as well. Um, and so, by building community around DAOs, you know, you're seeing like in choice going back to the choice DAO example. You know, we did a Web three 101 with um, Sahar, one of the co-founders, and you know, she was basically like, you know, we have a thousand people in this Discord. If we get one hour a week from each of them, that's a thousand volunteer hours a week. Um, that we have going towards this goal. Um, and so I think you see really this like really cool convergence of like fundraising, volunteering, and community building all coming and governance sort of all coming into one place. That's awesome. You said so many cool things there. I like the turning donors into volunteers. And then you're, you know, it's really about these crypto rails, right? That kind of are now, are now enabling this. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what are the unique advantages? that crypto is allowing for this convergence that you just mentioned, you know, compared to traditional methods. I mean, you kind of mentioned the, the kind of cold broken system with the credit card and just kind of, then you're done. Um, are there any other advantages um, from a regulatory standpoint or from a financial standpoint, as far as how those, those funds get transferred? Uh, well, there's, I mean, basically crypto donations are treated as, um, you know, non-cash transactions. Um, so when you donate tokens directly, um, you avoid realizing capital gains um, tax. So um, just from that perspective, that's sort of why we see the average crypto donation being 82 times out of a cash donation. Um, people in the industry, as much as we think we're in a bear market, you know, Ethereum was trading at $200 two or three years ago for a long time, and they're still 
despite the quote unquote bear market, there's still people sitting on massive gains that you do want to give. It makes a lot more sense from a tax perspective to take that from their crypto portfolio and not from cash. Um, so there are a lot of advantages there um, from just a, a tax perspective. Um, but yeah, again, I think it comes it comes down to the things we're talking about in terms of I think the shared Web three thesis of like how tokens or or and or NFTs can be part of your online identity, can be used for governance models, um, and are just you know very secure and um, will will sort of just permanently etching in your philanthropic history you know on the blockchain. Yeah, I really think that's an amazing thing that you that you touched on with the NFTs and like this essentially social proof, right? That's on chain that, you know, shows your philanthropic identity. You, you mentioned some awesome points there. So I, I know we've we've had a few people um, on the podcast who are doing some, you know, using kind of NFTs in this kind of way. They're, and they're trying to experiment with like, how do you um, make these NFTs, you know, more representative of the cause and how do you again incentivize the community to stay involved where it's like okay now you got this nft but now what like what else can you do with it does it evolve does it change you get different ones depending upon your involvement your giving um your time that you've committed to the dow so i think those that's i think it's a fascinating area um can you give us any examples of you know the kind of the charities and causes that you're seeing the most interest in on your platform or the ones that are most interested in the in the crypto aspect yeah, you know, given my background in criminal justice reform, we have a lot of criminal justice organizations. Um, our natural connection is education and tech. So um, nonprofits that are making tech accessible um, to young people. And then we're seeing interest from the medical space. So uh, um, American Cancer Society, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, um, I'd say those are some of the themes, sustainability, and um, yeah. There's a lot of interest for global nonprofits too, which we'll get to one day, but um, Europeans are very excited, Africans are excited, Asians are excited about the, about, about the opportunity globally as well. Awesome, those are great examples. So um, let's just like break down the exact process for giving on a, a donation process on GivePack. Can you walk us through the exact process that like the recipient, how do they receive the donation? Um, how do I, if I'm a, do if I'm a donor, how do I connect? Do I collect my wallet? How does it, how does that work? And can you just walk us through that process at a really basic level? Yeah, essentially it's similar to how you would use MetaMask to interact with um, a DeFi protocol or any other app or OpenSea or whatever. You know, you come to the website, you connect your wallet, um, you search for the nonprofit that you want to give to. We'll have all 1.5 million U.S. listed on the site. Um, you choose the nonprofit of your choice. You click the donate button. It starts a flow, basically saying how much do you want to give. Um, what's your name and email so that we can send you a tax receipt? Your tax receipt will actually come from the Give Pack Charitable Foundation um, because we are a donor advised fund accepting your donation. And then we regrant against the end nonprofit. So um, once we receive the crypto that you give, you will get a tax receipt um, saying how much you gave. So you can deduct it from your taxes at the end of the year. Um, we take it, we off ramp it to USD, the dollars, and then we either mail a check or do direct deposit to the end nonprofit, um, depending on if they've claimed their profile or not. So by default, 
we'll be mailing checks out. Um, if they come to our site and claim their profile, they can set up direct deposit, which obviously is a bit easier than getting um, checks in the mail. So that's really it. Um, it's pretty simple. Awesome. Yeah, I love the simplicity of it. It's great. And so um, the nonprofit themselves, they do not need to have a crypto wallet to receive the, no. the funds. Yeah, so the funds come to the in U.S. dollar. They get it as check in the mail from the gift pack charitable foundation to that nonprofit, or as a or as a wire. Okay, okay, great. And then, yeah, there. What do you use to off ramp um, from the crypto ecosystem to fiat? We're finalizing talks and compliance with our vendors, so I'd rather not say it right now. Okay, got it. Yeah, I can get that. Could be a sensitive thing right now. So, um, but yeah, I'm curious to to see how it all works. I think that's, you know, it's great how simple it is. And I think it's awesome that you are doing the heavy lifting, um, you know, off-ramping the crypto, you know, the stuff that scares you know, maybe some people or the, you know, the the where the friction can happen in the whole process. I love that you're just smoothing that out and just streamlining it for them and making it easy for them to to receive. I think that's, that's really awesome. So um, as far as, you know, the, we kind of touch on this kind of regulatory stuff or what kind of challenges um, have you come across when it comes to, you know, using crypto as for donations and, and how are you addressing those right now? I think there's a, there's a reputational challenge for all of us in terms of, you know, the cleanliness of the funds and the intention of the space. So I think, you know, we're very proud to have a company that is a good use case for crypto. And I think the majority of the people that we see um, you know, have our they might be building for-profit companies, but they're always thinking about social impact. I think that's a demographic. I think Alec Buren is a great example, the the founder of Ethereum. He's given billions of dollars to um to India in the wake of Omicron, to the University of San Diego to to find um, you know, to research these airborne illnesses. And he really believes that Ethereum can be used to to solve are the, the world's biggest challenges. So I think they're largely very smart people working in this space. And we're just not, we just, we're not coming out front in media. So, um, you know, the, the, the scandal stories tend to dominate. So I think reputationally it's sticky, but people are interested. And I think the hook of a time, you know, the donors are more generous, younger, we're making it simple. I think people are starting to listen, and the way we've built the product, um, again, is is really making it so anyone can participate. Um, I think those are, you know, that's definitely um, a challenge as well. And then, you know, the the landscape of regulation um, is unknown, but you know, we think that again, this use case is one that would, um, what, you know, we're building this, so it's completely in compliance with U.S. law. Uh, and investing a lot in our legal team um, to make this, you know, uh, above a grade. Excellent. Yeah, I, 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 you said a, you know, a lot of great points there. I think we're all kind of feeling the um, reputational uh, lag that 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 it's um, happening. But I think you know, it's also like you mentioned that the people that you meet here that are still here that are still building are are really awesome people, and a lot of them are really inspired. And whether they're for profit or nonprofit, there's a, there's a, a uh, a um an understanding that you know the there's there needs to be a bigger um 
perspective when it comes to you know building the building what we're building and you know if we're going to do anything we can't just rebuild the, the web 2 economy using new new tools right so what kind of um trends you know you mentioned what are the what are you, i think it's really cool when you talk about give pact as like this money lego right because our I imagine right people could build layers of of infrastructure on top of this, and so on the back end, GivePack is doing what it's doing. But if I'm just hosting a uh, Earth Day festival, right, and I want to have people to be able to give, and they can like funnel through on the, they can have a front end, you know, that's maybe specific to a local thing, but on the back end, it's it's using GivePack or something like that. Is that something that a trend that you're going to look into? Yeah, I mean, I think to your point, like I mentioned earlier, like we have a really deep crypto-centric roadmap on that side of the equation. Um, so we are also building an API that um, crypto companies can then you know plug into. So if you're an NFT collection generating royalties, you can say, hey, I want to donate 5% of my royalties to save the children. You can do that. Um, so there is an API in terms of like the crypto ecosystem and how they can plug into us on the back end. Um, you know, to your example, like we've had, we've had a lot of talks to nonprofits that one example that comes up a lot is, is NFTs. They're like, you know, we know NFTs are a thing. We have some connections in the space, but we have no clue how we get from like this picture to like money in the bank account. How does that happen? Um, and so like an event, like you mentioned, like a, like an Earth Day gala or concert or something like that, you know, we want to be able to like have a nonprofit be able to host a one-of-one -one NFT auction on their gift pack page and people can then bid on that piece of art. And once the bid is over, that person gets the token, then, you know, the NFT, you know, we get the Ethereum, we convert the cash and we send it to your organization, right? So it makes, it makes that this like NFT fundraiser idea that everyone has, but no one knows how to execute, which if you want to do yourself would be very complicated. You have to set up your own wallet. You have to go to OpenSea or Blur or whatever, set up an auction. You need, a, you need an exchange account. Um, you know, you need like there's like so many pieces to get from A to B. It would take a month for a nonprofit, if not more, to figure out how to do that themselves with their own with like sort of the existing tech stack out there. You know, those are features like those are features we want to have that again make those campaigns really simple. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff like that. I think whether it's on the marketplace website side of the equation where it's like NFT auctions, open edition mints for charity opening donor advised funds, um, donating NFTs in a liquid way on the API side. I mean, there's so many verticals in crypto that are opening up right now. You know, what is what is the crypto gaming vertical going to look like in two to five years? And is that its own sort of like special beast in terms of how we can use our API to have people donate items or yield they're generating from the game or whatever or whatever it is? Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can go. I think to your example, like, um, you know, the NFT auction was one thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head there, that there's a lot of really great ideas floating around and how we can leverage these tools for giving and make, you know, make giving more exciting, but you know, the, the actual nuts and bolts of how to do it and, and, and how to pull it off seamlessly is, is where a lot of people get stuck. So I think this is awesome that this is now becoming a money lego that you know we like to build these money legos in crypto that people can now plug into and it solves a lot of these problems that's exactly right we want to be the money lego for for giving um it starts with the off-ramping infrastructure to, for every nonprofit in the country to have that but then as far as like how do we open up and accept more different types of token donations and then make that 
experience easy for nonprofits and donors. Um, that's our goal. Awesome. So as we're kind of talking now about your role of GivePack, you know, and you kind of touched a little bit already, but I want to dig a little bit more into like, how do you see, you know, GivePack fitting into this larger movement of blockchain for a better world and crypto impact? And, and how do you even just see this whole giving meets crypto um, ecosystem evolving? You know, if you look down the road, you know, a, a year from now or two years from now. I think we have a big opportunity to reimagine philanthropy, reimagine giving. And Web3 is giving us the landscape and the infrastructure to do that. So, you know, we're building the technology. We, you know, we're we're very big in, into community building and understanding the importance of culture um, and, and, and really go, being a different type of tech company, um, one that nurtures community and understands that you have to um, show up in ways that technology companies haven't shown up. I, I for the most part, I would say um, infrastructure for nonprofit giving has never been um, an exciting or interesting place. It provides a good purpose, but we really want to be back end and end, so to speak. So I think it's um, super exciting what we're building and how we're approaching it. We both come from publishing backgrounds, media backgrounds, and we know the importance of storytelling and providing quality content. So we, we're already starting to do that. We know that stories of triumph is really what gets people to care and to give. So I think we're really putting all elements that we have um, learned and in our careers into, into give pact. And you know, we really want to be transformative um, and be a model beyond Web3 um, and show that show show that giving is fun. It's it, it and, and there's demand for the collectible items that you can get. So um, we're excited, and I think even looking at tools it, to be able to have all your giving in one place is unique. You know, I think we've all we're all doing our taxes and know that there's just gifts all over the place and not one centralized um, place to see it. So I think there's a lot we can do um, to be leaders and um, to have a space in the community and, and in our culture. Excellent. Yeah, I think you made a lot of good points too about the, the future and how we can really, you know, just change the whole culture of giving. And, and you mentioned that you had some, um, you know, storytelling is a really, really big port. So can you meant part of it? So can you mention some, you know, some examples or some success stories that You've seen that that have worked in the in the giving ecosystem, and, and how is GivePack? Are there maybe stories that are involve your platform? Well, I think just to you know stay focused on the projects that we'd like in Web three and giving. Um, one of the my favorite projects to talk about is New Story. They're a nonprofit helping alleviate homelessness worldwide. They launched in 2021 a series with an artist named Brian Koo. And so for two Ethereum, which at the time was around $6,000, this unique NFT went to build a 3D house in Latin America. So to me, that's like, well, you have, you'll forever have that as a reminder um, that you've given someone a home I and mean, that sticks with you forever. So I think that's a really great example of, of what we're seeing, what the potential is. 
And then another leader in the space is Art Fox. They've given over $40 million to charity. They're building in, they're like a hot NFT um, generative NFT platform where artists can go and make series. And from the beginning, they asked the artists to give anywhere from 10 to 25% of revenue to a nonprofit of their choice. So building, having that mindset of building in royalties through NFTs, we love. So that's in the web three space. Um, in terms of storytelling at large, you know, what we've seen is the most compelling stories at the Innocence Project are innocent people facing execution. And so those narratives just get people to call their lawmakers in, in high volume and to really care when you have a deadline, uh, when you have a compelling story of someone who never got a fair chance to prove their innocence, um, uh, people really jump in. Excellent. Yeah, I love the storytelling part that you mentioned. And the it is it is like amazing what you can do. You know, just every, this person has a new house now because we use crypto rails to provide that. And I and uh, we're just at the beginning, right? I think there's a lot of space for these kind of type of things to grow and evolve. And um, I think you know we're we're just at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this ecosystem of how to re reimagine what it means to fund public goods or fund uh, causes, right? Um, so what are some of the maybe misconceptions that people have when it comes to this kind of space? And, and, and what are those things you can maybe clarify for people that might have a little bit of confusion about certain things? One thing that comes up for us a lot, and I think a way that we can play a role in the ecosystem is, you know, we're only going to have vetted 501c3 organizations on our platform. Um, so that's obviously a, a preferred tax status that, you know, means that a nonprofit has to be executing against their mission and can get, you know, issue tax uh, benefits to their donors. Um, I think long, I think there are a lot of benefits to sort of, you know, using crypto for more like crowdfunding or sort of, again, like the rapid formation of capital around DAOs and things like that. Um, but I think we're also starting to see some pushback um, in terms of like, where's my money really going when someone just drops a list of wallet address on Twitter to donate to a certain cause, like whether it's Turkey relief or Ukraine relief or whatever it is, right? Um, and so I think, you know, it's, we get, I think there's a little bit of some misconceptions there about sort of the role that we want to play. Um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, like there would be 0% transaction fees if you want to just send one ETH to someone internationally or whatever it is to like support a certain cause um but it's going to be very difficult to really know for sure that that money's going to where it's supposed to go um and obviously you won't get any tax benefit if it's just like a mutual aid thing right um and so i think what we're trying to do is stay within the crypto ethos and, and kind of help the nonprofit industry on board to crypto and use a lot of crypto tools to drive to get money to good causes but um, you know, we we are strictly, you know, working with, for now, U.S.-based 501c3 organizations. You know, this is not a, a sort of crowdfunding or, or mutual aid platform. So I think, you know, that's just one misconception that comes up a lot. And I think, you know, I think there's arguments either way in terms of, like, what's more effective, nonprofit giving or mutual aid. I think they're both great, obviously, if done the right way. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're going more on the side of nonprofit giving, and, and we'll see if we end up tapping into that other space in the future. Um, 
but I think the good thing about it from a 501c3 perspective is that you know your money is going to a legitimate organization that has to file you know annually you know what percent of their overhead is going to a cause versus other things um, that might be on their you know their expense expense list um so I think that's one misconception that comes up a lot that I just want to clarify again I don't think nonprofit giving versus mutual aid like one's better than the other but we are really in that nonprofit bucket for now And I would add that given the culture of Bitcoin bros, which I think um, the same way the certain narratives have dominated media, Bitcoin bros have been identified to be white young men in America. And really what we're seeing is that, you know, around 20% of American crypto holders are Latino. Um, and around the same percent are Black. So that means that Black and Latino people um, are heavily represented compared to our population in the U.S. And I think that's super exciting. I think, one, it shows, um, as it does globally, that crypto is um, the access to it that doesn't require ID or any sort of government validation. That's really globalizing our economy and providing access um, for people to get funds in a way that the traditional banks haven't. And then, um, of course, it shows how diverse the space is. So, there, you know, we're connected to a lot, great communities, Web3 Familia, Web3 um, Blue Dow, Her Dow, um, a lot of women and people of color building. And so while we may not be the ones at the events, at the consensus mainstream, we are, you know, we have we're building community around mainstream events. So um, we still struggle with, with fundamental access to funding, but I'm super excited to see that um, my people are, are heavily represented and active in the space. Excellent. So when it comes to the impact, you know, you mentioned, you know, one of the advantages that GivePack offers is this, kind of accreditation or validation that, you know, when it's not just some random address that you saw on Twitter, um, which, you know, could be or could not be who it says it is. And you, once you send those funds, right, you're not really sure if those funds actually got used on stuff. So there is an advantage that, you know, you know, when I give to give pack, it's actually going to the nonprofit that it says it's going to. And those profit, those nonprofits have their financials, you know, um, vetted and regulated. And so you can actually see how much of like, if, if I put a dollar towards this this cause you can see how much of that dollar actually goes to the the end impact work. So I think that yeah, that's I think a really good point to make. And and then the point about you know the space being more diverse is is awesome too because I think that's a really big point that um you know we like to stress here on the Block Explorer is that you know regenerative finance and impact crypto is more than just um, environmental causes, but it is it's also about our communities and our people and and our social causes. So I think that's important to also remind people of that. So when you come to this this metrics of of giving right so are you tracking any metrics um as far as giving when it comes to like the actual causes or you let the nonprofits do that and you can just are, are just more of like this intermediary um or or then or as far as metrics too or what kind of metrics are you are you seeing maybe on your on your platform or as far as like the people interested in using your platform Um, I mean, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, we are more of a conduit in terms of like converting 
you know, the tokens in this new asset class to cash for the non nonprofits that don't, that 99.9% .9 of them tell us they don't want to deal with such in the crypto yet, just not there yet. Um, so we are solving that problem. I think there's a lot, like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of people looking at how do you measure impact? Um, and so, for example, GuideStar is a big player in that. They have, you know, you can basically look up any nonprofit on their database and see, you know, what percent of money goes to overhead versus other expenses. Um, and we're integrating with their API so that we can show some of those metrics on the donation page so that donors that pull up that page do have that information readily available and can make a decision. So, and GuideStar has its own rating system, you know, A plus to F in terms of how effective nonprofits are in using money that they raise for the impact work, work itself. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier, there are um, other companies like Filecoin um, working on things that, you know, like HyperCerts um, is basically the primitive they're working on to basically show um, proof of impact on chain. Um, and so we're looking at central ways to integrate with that or just sort of just as a tool for anyone else who's interested. Um, you know, these are basically ways to assign, you know, these NFTs based on impact um, and have an on-chain record of it that could be for like retroactive public goods funding or just like an on-chain receipt that you participated and made an impact. So um, again, we're not building those measuring mechanisms in-house. Um, there are a lot of people that have, have are working on it and have been working on it for a lot that we that we plan on integrating with. I think also down the line, um, being able you know, to allow nonprofits to create campaigns. We know we've talked about storytelling, having specific goals. So we need to raise $50,000 um, for housing in Puerto Rico post a storm or to um, get DNA testing, you know, we need $50,000 the Innocence Project for the DNA fund. So very specific campaigns uh, for these nonprofits that show the donor where their money is going to is very effective in fundraising. We know donors want to know that that their dollar has impact, and we're definitely excited to have sophisticated ways to do that um, on the cloud. Excellent. All right, so we're rounding down here to the final questions. Um, I want to see, see what your advice would be to someone who's interested in getting into this space where it's impact crypto and charitable giving and, you know, maybe unsure how to get started or if, what, what are some tips for them you might have? Well, go to tech.io, get our weekly newsletter where we share what you need to know in the intersection of nonprofits and Web3. We also have a Slack community where you can ask questions and there's a range of expert crypto people and nonprofit people just learning and in between. So it's a great space to ask questions. And then we're on social media, give underscore pack on Twitter and Instagram. In terms of basics 101s, you recommend um, Kevin Roos's guide um, crypto crash course on the New York Times. And Odyssey DAO is a really great onboarding tool for the basics of Web3. Um, what else, Steve? Yeah, and then if you want to keep going down the rabbit hole, I mean, there's a million impact DAOs already. Um, check check out um, Deepa's book on impact DAOs. Um, yeah, that's a great um, resource for people that I think just just like a I think like about a dozen case studies on impact DAOs. 
Um, yep. So you can learn about all those. And again, these are like open communities, right? So you can go into the discords. You could buy anything, any associated tokens or NFTs if you want. I don't think they're required in most cases. Um, but I would start there. She has a list of a, of a dozen great ones. Um, so you can learn about what's out there. And then again, just like jump into the discords, start following people on social. Um, and yeah, generally, you know, educate the nonprofit people in your network about fundraising opportunities in crypto. Yeah, that's right. Get involved. And I think you you mentioned a really good point about these being open communities, right? So that, yeah, these DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations, a lot of them, they have discords. You can get involved that way. It's a, You can get involved on their social media. And then it's like, if you have a certain talents and you see something that needs to get done, you can just do it, right? It's permissionless. And you, if you create the value, you know, people will start rewarding you for that value. And as this ecosystem evolves, I think it you know, the, your, your on-chain reputation of how you've commit, um, you know, contributed to these different causes and communities is going to become more valuable. So we might not even know like all the benefits of you know, getting involved early now and, and putting your energy towards some of the causes that matter to you. Yeah, I think um, for women, Shifai Dao is a great education. Maggie's really onboarding you know, dozens of women every, every quarter. It's a, every woman who works in, in crypto, I think, has gone through her program. I recommend Shifai Dow and um, Web3 Familia, Black At, and also there's these great hacking groups where, um, you know, like Blue Dow, where they travel to all of the crypto conferences and you can hack with them. I haven't been part of a hackathon, but I think it's a great, um, it's a great entry, entryway to seeing what the community is about, participating. Um, and learning. So I think that's another way to, 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 to get started. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll be sure to link to as many of those as, 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 as possible in the show notes. So as we wrap up here, are there any final thoughts, any closing um, things you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up? About what, about what we're doing, you should reach out. You know, we spend our time meeting people and, and learning and, and hearing and so if this is something, if you're a nonprofit, join the platform. There's really no reason why not. If you are a donor, sign up to donate. If you are a collaborator, um, we'll have an API that can seamlessly work, um, integrate into your platform. We want to make uh, giving very simple for all levels in Web3. So um, we hope you are as excited about this as we are and you become part of our community. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Steve. And Alicia, it's been a pleasure having you on the Block Explorer today. I really learned a lot. I'm inspired. I think your project's super awesome. And I can't wait to see how it continues to evolve. And can't wait to also have you on the Block Explorer again in the future. Thanks a lot. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a rating and a review. We'd like to give a big thank you to our friend Matthew Patrick Donner who's responsible for the Block Explorer production, including our music mixing and editing. Thanks again for exploring the world of blockchain with us. Remember that crypto is revolutionizing the world and we're here to make sure that you're ready. Please subscribe, share your pod this podcast with your friends and family. And we look forward to sharing our next episode with you. Cheers. <laughs>